0: Let us make men in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the kettle over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Despite what former empires believed, despite what even the modern world tells us, you can tell from the account of creation that God created humanity to rule alongside him not to be his slave. See, God walked with mankind. God spoke with mankind. Adventism was only something that came later on in humanity. Now we have to wait for his soon return. But just because he's not here physically doesn't mean that he has abandoned us. In today's episode, we'll dive into what the relationship between humanity and adventism really is. I am CJ Moyo and welcome to Humans of Adventism. Without the fall, there would have never been adventism. So, what was God's intentions with humanity in the first place? let's let's go many many years back to that sixth day where god's creating mankind he realizes that he's made all of this night and day sky and sea land vegetation animals all of this and then to crown it all off he says let's make man in our image before this god spoke And it came to be. But for mankind, he got down and dirty. He got his hands involved. And he took dust. And he formed man out of the dust. And he breathed into this form. And man came to being. And you see how personal that is. Already that tells you a lot about what mankind means. I almost say it meant. But what mankind means to God. And he says, "I'm giving you dominion over everything here. Fill the earth and subdue it." Now, let's just try to use our brains for a second. Everything created before this had to answer to someone, right? Everything created before Adam and Eve had to answer to someone. And that someone had to be some superior being. And that superior being is God. That means that in the beginning, God had dominion over all of creation, right? Then he creates mankind and says, you have dominion. So now all of creation is given dominion to Adam and Eve. But Adam and Eve also have to answer to their superior being, which is God. It's just standard company hierarchy. The boss can give the manager dominion over the rest of the company. So that's what's happening here. But this is a little bit better than your standard company because here God wants mankind to rule with him. Mankind is not his slave. In previous empires, The account of creation is seen in many different ways. I know in some, well, many accounts of creation, it's a violent process. It's a lot of conflict that brings about the formation of mankind. That is a complete contrast to the peaceful and the unopposed creation that is biblical. God did not make slaves. Humanity was not meant to be one of God's slaves. Humanity was meant to be a partner with God, ruling side by side. And I think we see this where God is like, I need you, Adam, to name all of these animals. Growing up, my, my beliefs or my understanding of Adam being given the the job of naming the animals. It's changed many times. And I'd, I'd say this is not a bad thing. At first I used to believe that it's okay. God has made all of these creatures and he's just made them. And they're not called anything. Okay, that's fine. I guess Adam gave all the names. But I don't think that's really the case. God would have never made something and not called it something, you know? If he was able to call man, man, if he was able to call land and sea and sky and give it all those names, why would he just leave out animals? And how I almost see it is that God was saying, okay, I have given these animals names, but Adam, I have not told you the names. I see it as though... God was almost saying, this mind that is in me, I want to see if it's also in Adam. I want to see if the names I'd give these animals are the same names that Adam would give those animals. The more Adam walked with God, the more his character would have increased, the more he would have grown in stature. So he obviously was already this amazing human being but he was only going to improve from there so he names a horse a horse he names a cow a cow a lion a cheetah a bear all of the animals are named and this must have pleased god god realizes that you know what we got it this 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 is creation you know they walk together they talk together they they worship And it's in this constant communication with God that Adam and Eve would grow in stature. By spending more and more time with their creator, they would become like their creator. You know, you are like the people you spend the most time with. And like this, life was perfect. Life was exactly how it's supposed to be. There would have never been a need for an advent, first or second, because the Jesus that we wait for now was walking with Adam and Eve from the very beginning of time. But the problem came when choices had to be made. When the devil came through and he told them things that opposed what God had said. And it's this choice that has led us to even having these podcasts where we are trying to better understand why we believe the things that we believe. So Adam and Eve gave over their dominion to the devil. And the world wants us to believe that the plan of salvation was an emergency plan from God, something that he didn't expect to happen. So he had to come up with a new plan, but that's not how God works. (laughs) God is that guy, you know, he's, he knows it all. He's, he's in charge. I almost see it as though in God's mind, the way the world would go was two different paths. And at each choice, well, one path, and at each choice that is made, there's a branch. So he can see branch A or branch B. Branch A was where humanity never gives in to the devil's temptation. Branch B would be the world where they do give in to temptation. And he knows what's needed on either branch. We, unfortunately, took branch B, And even there, the plan of salvation was already down the line. God knew what's already coming. So, dominion has been handed over. And now, instead of working, walking, and having dominion with God, we're slaves to the devil, we're slaves to sin. And that's where covenants now begin promises start being made because god knows that the moment that humanity realized the errors of their ways and remember just how good life was humanity could lose all hope that we threw it all away and there is no way to get it back But God has been a good God from the very beginning. He's been good and he has never disappointed. So he says, okay, you've made these mistakes, but I've made a plan, made a plan of salvation. I'll save you. But in the same way that one big choice needed to be made, and unfortunately this big choice led us to our fall, you will need to make another choice. Choose one more time who you will follow. And this is the choice we are still making to this day. From the get-go, God has never imposed his will on anyone. From before creation even. Lucifer chose for himself to let his pride take him to thinking that he can exalt himself above God. And God said, cool. What I will do though is... I cannot allow you to live among us in heaven. So cool. There's there's your new world. And angels, pick who will you follow. Oh, those that want to follow Lucifer, go with him. But he has never forced any decision on anyone. He's he's seen many times in in the old testament as as a tyrannical god, as if You don't do what he wants and he will kill. So you almost respect him out of fear, out of fear of death. But that's not even the case. Oftentimes, the time when death has had to come through is long after God allows people to make choices. Just take Sodom and Gomorrah for example. Sodom and Gomorrah had generations and generations before they even got to Sodom and Gomorrah to follow God's word. But they didn't. And the wages of sin are death, unfortunately. A lot of kingdoms, empires that were overthrown, things did not have to turn out that way. The Israelites themselves worked perfectly without having a king. But they kept on demanding a king until God said, cool, you've made your choice. There you go. So in the same way with us, God has never imposed any decision on us. He always wants us to choose. That's what makes him such a unique God, such a special God, a real God. One that worries about his creation. So... We made our choice, we fell, and from that moment, God already says, I have a plan. My son will come down to die for your sins. From the moment that God spoke to Adam and Eve, the first advent came into place. Adam and Eve were the first Adventists. And from generation to generation after that, the books of the Old Testament were filled. The Israelites had so many symbols, so many signs, so many types of, of what was to come, of Jesus Christ and what he would mean to mankind. Many times these signs were not understood in the same way that we might, un- we might not understand them today. But that doesn't mean they are not there. All the sacrificial lambs, all the burnt incense, the holy and the most holy place, they all pointed to Jesus. They all pointed to the new kingdom. And people did not understand this. In the same way that, again, we might not truly understand it to this day. Generations passed. Generations passed. And the promise that the son of God would be born came true. And that promise that he would die for us also came true. So the promises that Jesus made while he was here, that he's going to prepare a place for us so that he can come back and take us to his father's house where there are many mansions that too will surely come true. But in his time here, he made more covenants with us, that he will come and take us. But we also have work to do. See, in the beginning of time, we said that God wanted Adam and Eve and all of mankind to work with him. Jesus, when he came down, well, he wanted us to start working with him again. The disciples, they were the first people to do that. But the disciples were not to be the end of that work. He left work for all of us. And that work is to save souls. And that work. That work is to love. To teach the truth. To do what he did. There's nothing more fulfilling than to work for God. And as we wait, with in an uncertain period of time the work needs to carry on it's crucial that God did not tell us exactly when the second coming would be because knowing us and how we love procrastinating we'd leave that work for the very last days and how many souls would have been lost by then so from the moment that he said go ye therefore that's when the work began and until we hear the trumpet sound, that's when the work will end. To be Adventist is to live out the promises that we made to Jesus. The promises to take care of ourselves, to treat our body as a temple of Christ, to not pollute ourselves, to have a character like his, to keep ourselves in good company, to love. That's what it means to be Adventist. To be Adventist is to work with God. And to work with God is the purpose of humanity. Thank you for tuning in. It's the first episode of Humans of Adventism. We'll have more episodes like this where we have a deep dive into a certain topic every second week. And every week between that We'll sit down with a guest and find out a little bit about what makes the everyday Adventist. But until then, may the good Lord keep you as we await his return.